All right, what's up? Another edition of the Tony D Podcast brought to you by Flooring is Forever. Uh, as I record this while driving, it's probably not a good idea, but hey, uh, it is all good. Later on this week on the podcast, looking forward to it, we're going to have Sage Karam on, the driver of the number 24 dryer and Reinbull Wicks Filter Chevy. That should be fun. We'll talk about iRacing. We'll talk about getting ramped up in August uh, when the cars finally hit the track at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So really, really looking forward to that. I'll, of course, of course, I'm going to ask him if he's watched Tiger King. Like, duh, why would I not? Because uh, i got to know the answer to that question as well. I'm sure he has. We're all locked in. If you haven't watched Tiger King, I'm not sure what the hell you're waiting for. Um, it is everything America wants. It's chaos. It's danger. It's drama. Um, it's binge-watching material of... <clears throat> this is a train wreck, and I just can't get enough. So if you haven't watched it and you're holding out because it's the cool thing to do, uh, give it an episode or two to get it warmed up. But but once the uh, once the person once the person uh, gets their arm ripped off by a tiger, uh, you should be invested. Um, if you're looking for durable, high quality flooring with a lifetime warranty, and you want a 100% kid proof, pet proof, and waterproof product, try Cortec Flooring. Beautiful options from wood to tile looks. Built-in cork backing creates an extra layer of insulation for more comfort. Easy to clean and won't stain. Flooring is forever. Flooringisforever.com. Look, I know that everybody was engulfed Sunday night in the awesomeness that was the dance or the last dance with the Chicago Bulls that final season. Scottie Pippen doesn't get his surgery. Jerry Krause kind of try to strong arm some people as he was being made fun of by half the team it's it's i don't know jordan said you're gonna get in the layup line they're gonna have to lower the rims uh was pretty funny um here's the thing on that and i know we don't want to sit around and you know but we all have a story from the from the jordan era i mean michael jordan is one of the top household names in america for anything whether it's actors music especially in sports um, so where I grew up, right across the lake from Chicago, it was all Bulls, it was all Cubs, it was all Bears all the time. So I grew up hating the Bulls on a few different reasons. One, because they won all the time. And I didn't know to respect them at the time. Obviously, I respect the hell out of them now and what they were able to accomplish. Just how good they were. And it seemed like the fun that they were having, obviously, that last year of their championship run was was filled with drama. Um, but I was a Pacer fan. I was a Pacers and a Colts fan. Reggie Miller, you know, was my guy at a young age. I kind of cheered for all things Indianapolis based around the racetrack and was a Colts fan. Now, if you remember, the, the Cubs weren't good in the 90s, not until like 98. I was a White Sox fan because that's just the games that we went to. It was a little bit cheaper, more than likely. I didn't, I didn't go to Wrigley for the first time until 1997. I think I went to Old Kaminsky once as a young kid, uh, and then I went to the new stadium several times. And I've just I've I've been a White Sox fan. I didn't hate the Cubs, kind of like I I don't hate them now. I just some of their fans annoy me, but that's another that's another story for another time. But back to the Bulls, I just remember. It was every night you had to watch the Bulls. If they were on TV, which they were, I think it was WGN, and then somebody else could help me. I believe it was called the Sports Channel is what it was called, and then it it, it changed into something else, maybe a, 
uh, maybe a Comcast or a CLT, something along those lines. Anyway, it was must-watch TV, and I would spend a lot of weekends with my grandfather, who was a huge Bulls fan, watching those games. And then we'd have a rivalry when they played the Pacers. The Bulls were everywhere. I mean, it was, you know, you go to Seattle, all it is is Seahawks. You come to Indianapolis, and and I hate to say it, it, it it's a lot of Indiana, it's a lot of Indianapolis Colts everywhere you go. Everything up in Chicago at this time was all Bulls. So now, as we talked about, the Bears weren't very good. The Cubs were okay. The Blackhawks were the Blackhawks. And the White Sox, you know, they had Frank Thomas and Albert Bell. They had a nice, they had a couple nice years, but that was about it. And so the only winning in Chicago that was going on from, I don't know, say the time I was born in 88 to Jordan left in, in 98 was the Bulls winning. And it was everywhere you went, every store, everybody had bumper stickers, everybody had license plate frames. It was Chicago Bulls all the time. And it was, like engulfed in you and beaten in you. And I was a huge NBA fan in the 90s, still am. Uh, it kind of started with collecting cards. And, you know, I think I traded away a lot of my Bulls cards, which was probably um, looking back on it, a dumb decision. But, you know, I still make d- dumb decisions to this day. But it was all Bulls all the time. And, and I just remember my dad was married to a woman that just didn't care about sports. This is my first stepmom. And she was... She was cheering for the Bulls in that Eastern Conference Finals in 98. And then Game 7, I remember watching over there. And she was cheering for the Bulls, and it made me hate her even more. But anyway, but just the greatness of what Michael Jordan was. Um, you know, Scottie Pippen being selfish. He was told not to sign that contract. And then he tried to strong-arm the, the franchise and the organization by saying, I'm going to have my surgery, and I don't want to F up my summer. I'm going to have my surgery. And, you know, I think Michael, at first, it seemed like he was like, well, you know, what what the F, Scotty? Like, we should, you know, we know this is going to be our, our quote-unquote last dance. Why aren't we, you know, why didn't you have the surgery already? We should be gunning for another championship, which, of course, they, they end up winning. Michael realizes, you know, hey, I do need Scotty. He is my, I guess, kind of Robin. And, he, and, and, and he's a tough guy that can rebound, shoot, and can definitely defend. Um, and I hate to make this comparison, but he does remind me a lot of Paul George or what Paul George was, especially with the Pacers, and I guess still is. I mean, Paul George is still a good player despite the fact that most people uh, in the league really don't like him unless you're a Clippers fan. But, I mean, Rodman, that team, I just remember the circus that was surrounded around Rodman um, from marrying himself to being on the – was he on the cover of Sports Illustrated with Ditka? And then I remember a monkey being involved somewhere. I'm sure they'll get into all that. Um, but, yeah, no, that last dance was was fun to watch. Both episodes, I can't wait to watch more. I love that ESPN has made it unedited. Um, you know, I try to censor myself on Twitter and, and on this podcast because, I don't know, there'll be, there'll be 150 people that love listening to me unfiltered, and then there'll be the one person that bitches about how unprofessional it is and how on a resume if somebody sees that and I mean that's that's kind of the uh, that's kind of the mo of a lot of of, of some people, um, you know, especially jackasses on Twitter that that come up with fake accounts um, that call you out for sh- you know what here's the thing about fake Twitter accounts and I know I shouldn't feed the trolls I totally understand it. let me preference by saying that but if you're gonna if you're gonna make fun of me which I'm okay with you know you're gonna rip on me again I'm okay with I can handle it. Just do it, like, do it in a right manner. Like, 
have your facts straight. Don't make up stuff that's just not true that we've seen on Twitter over the last couple of days. So I know who the guy is. He's like a 42-year-old man with a daughter down in Columbus, Indiana. So hope you're enjoying that, buddy. Hope that hope that gets you through the weekend when you're bored uh, with, with your family, clearly. Um, but with that being said, I mean, you know, calling me unemployed is funny because I have a job. I have a very nice job that I like. Um, I was unemployed because I left the radio station because, of, again, Jack Assery. Another place that was like, oh, be careful what you say and do because, you know, it'll be on a resume. And, and I'm just thinking, like, you know what? I'm going to say whatever the hell I want. And, and if it, it hand, handicaps me, it handicaps me. But I live in a world where I appreciate the truth and I appreciate things that are told the way that it should be told. I appreciate a lot of fun, a lot of sarcasm, and a lot of joking. If we can't joke and laugh at this time, especially with what's going around in the world around us, what can we do? So off my soapbox. Um, the Last Dance is awesome. Can't wait till Sunday night's episode. Don't forget, again, Sage Karen will join the podcast coming up on Friday. Looking forward to that conversation. Coming up on Thursday, the NFL draft starts. The Colts obviously trading out of that first-round pick, the 13th. They get the Forrest Buckner from the 49ers. Really like that deal. I've always, in all, sport, in all sports, but especially football and basketball, unless you have a top-five pick and a guy that you know is going to be a transformational player that's going to come in and change your franchise, I am all about trading for a young guy who is proven or – a guy who is, you know, around halfway point of his career, which I think the Forrest Buckner is, but he's a proven Pro Bowler. So you want to you want to take the 13th pick, or do you want a proven Pro Bowler? I'm going to take the proven Pro Bowler. We'll see what they do with what is it, the 34th and the 45th pick. Um, I think Chase Claypool is the guy that you have to hard target circle from Notre Dame. He can create spacing. He's a big body wide receiver. He's he's exactly what the Colts need. It could be wide receiver at both at both picks in the second round. It could be wide receiver and cornerback. With Pierre Desir gone, you're going to need to look that way. Um, I think wide receiver, cornerback is your two biggest needs in this draft. Um, you know, we'll see if Jordan Love were to fall. And, and, and I know what you're thinking. Oh, well, they just signed Phillip Rivers, and they don't need to draft a quarterback. Well, I'll say this. I'm not going to be shocked that they do it. I'm not going to be shocked that they don't. It's more than likely that they don't take Jordan Love, if he is even there, or if they would trade up for him, which I think the only way that they would trade up is if the Lions were to trade that three pick and acquire two or three picks in the first round and then trade one of those picks to the Colts, which, again, as you just heard, is a long, far-fetched scenario. Uh, But let's just say Jordan Love is there at the 34th pick. I would be intrigued by it for one one of two reasons. One... I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's the third best quarterback behind Tua and Herbert in this draft. Two, you, and I hate to say this, and you don't want to, you don't want to throw out the vibe that you are doubting the guy already. But Philip Rivers has no more than max of two years left, and if he were to get hurt, which he hasn't been hurt in his career, thankfully, uh, a couple times, a long time ago. Um, but 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 if they do take Jordan Love, I think that's Ballard saying, "All right, he's going to learn under Philip Rivers." to be, you know, a pocket quarterback. But we're in an age of the NFL era where the speedster, being able to scramble type quarterback is what's winning football games. Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson, um, among others. I think, you know, you could maybe throw Mariota in there, Deshaun Watson for sure, um, some of these guys. And, and if that's the way that the NFL is trending, this is a guy that I'm not going to say is going to be like a Patrick Mahomes in Jordan Love, but he certainly can... Um, 
wreak havoc on a defense with his legs and his arm. I know Chris Ballard is very interested in Jordan Love. He, he, he's went and seen him multiple times, had, had conference calls with him here recently. Not saying that he'll be available. I mean, I've seen Jordan Love go for anywhere from, I think, 10th overall pick all the way to, like, 48th. So um, flip a coin on Jordan Love and what the Colts could possibly um, I don't think you maneuver or trade anything to get him. I think you have too much money tied up in Jacoby and too much money tied up in Phillip unless you can find a trade partner for Jacoby. Um, but I do think um, Claypool is a guy that we, as Colts fans, are going to have to look at and going to have to love because I love the guy. I think he's got great potential, and hopefully uh, he will be that first pick, which will be in the second round for the Indianapolis Colts. All right, that's it for this edition of the Tony D Podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, let me know your thoughts on Twitter at Tony D Indy. Follow me on Instagram, TDIndy24. Please like and subscribe to this podcast so you can hear more entertaining, as always, Tony D Podcast. I appreciate the support, as always. It is a lot of fun. Um, I don't. Do, there's no money really in this. There could be if it, I had a huge audience, but there's not. So it's not like I'm doing it for the plays. I'm just doing it to keep fresh, keep up to date, keep you guys entertained, and hopefully a quick escape from uh, the reality of what's going on um, with a lot of things that are going to continue to change over the next couple of weeks and months. Uh, talked to some bar owners recently about what's going to happen. Uh, not looking good for a lot of them, and it's just it's a sad time in America. There's no other way to put it, um, but stay strong, stay positive. I know this is uh, a very tough time and a time where um, you know, depression can set in and, and, and you can really second guess yourself, which, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I've done a couple times as well, but we'll just keep on rolling. And luckily the weather in most places has seemed to turn, even though if you're in the Northern part of the state of Indiana, you got a lot of snow last weekend. Um, so we'll see. Let's have some fun this week. Appreciate all the interaction on Twitter. Oh, what I did want to mention, I forgot to get to it. I've been asking a lot of these open-ended questions about, you know, did you do this? Did you do that? Uh, my favorite pizza place. I, I guess growing up in Chicago, there was a place called JJ's Northwest Indiana that had like a deep dish fold over crust. I haven't had that in probably 15 years. I probably need to do that the next time I'm in town. Um, as far as Indy goes, um, God, I, I, I do love Goodfellas there on Mass Ave. You really can't beat that deal of a foot long breadstick, a huge slice of pizza and a cookie and, or, and a drink for what? Six, seven bucks. Um, but there's a lot of good pizza places. You know, Monday being 4.20, um, I'll tell my, I have literally three, like, weed stories that really aren't all that entertaining. I have had one hit of weed in my entire life. This is the honest truth. It was with a lady that I knew that is very nice lady. Um, we were at a Snoop Dogg contest, and she lit one up, and I said, okay, well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say no. Um, I did have two weed brownies at Road America one time um, and slept in a tent and slept real good and got woken up by race cars at 8 a.m., had a Pop-Tart and a shower and was feeling just fine. Um, but as far as senior ditch days goes, a lot of people did it. A lot of people went out to the beach where I grew up to uh, smoke. My ditch day, I literally left senior year. by my. I, I told my dad, I said, I'm taking the day off. And I'm going down on the racetrack. I'll meet you at the lake house. So this was 07. And we had a lake house in Monticello. And what we used to do when I was in high school and middle school, would we'd go to the 500. And we'd, we'd spend the weekend 
at our lake house in Monticello. So we wouldn't be in Indy until literally Sunday morning, race morning. We would play volleyball, get on the boat, go to Indiana Beach, which I don't know if that's opening or not. Um, and we'd have a lot of fun doing that. And what else was cool was, you know, we would just get up, drive to the race, and then we would be in no hurry to get home by the time we got back. Anyway, long story short, I said, Dad, I'm, this is 07, so I don't even remember what band played. It might have been Kid Rock. I, I, and I, honestly, I didn't even really pay attention to uh, the band that was being played. Um, I watched the practice, the pit stop, and I was all by myself. And I said, Dad, I will, you know, I'm 17, 18 years old. I will meet you. I think I was 18. I will meet you at the lake house and on friday night and it was a hell of a time uh, i went and saw my boy thomas Schechter. he got me some gear for the race he was with vision then um, and then obviously as we know dario goes on to win the 500 so uh, that was my senior ditch day story which um, went by myself drove my 1998 pontiac grand am all the way down to indy by myself uh, my grandpa might have met me at the track now that i think about it but that's my senior ditch day story. All right, take care. Have a great week. And uh, Sage Care, I'm coming up on the podcast later on this week. Looking forward to that conversation. Hope you are too.